Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, the crappy quiz, and a slight tangent. Does that count? <laughs> Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Good morning to you, Jenny. Good morning, guys. Clunkier than expected intro to this item. How are you keeping? Yeah, very well, thanks. You've given out to us here in the ads. So that was why I had to take the earpiece out. I was getting the ear chewed off me for not uh, for the tennis racket disappearing from the set. Yeah, dead right, really. We'll have to get on to make the, the, uh, the producer. Uh, French Open is getting down to the crunch round, so that's what we're actually here to discuss. Yes. And uh, the uh, finalists have been decided. The second seed arena, Sabalenka, dumped out last night. Long game, tight game, but does end uh, deserved? How did you feel in the end for Machova to make the final? I mean, it was a pretty disappointing wa- watch at the end of that match there yesterday for Sabalenka. You know, 5-2 yeah. up in the third set with a match point. Seemed to be totally mm-hmm. in control of the match. And then from there, just imploded totally. Yeah. It was really surprising um, having having the amazing season that she's had this year, having won the Australian Open and, you know, seemed to have kind of batted those demons down from the past. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a shocking result. I mean, Mukva won 20 of the last 24 points of the match and it was yeah. just a complete and utter... A disaster for yeah. South Lanka. Funny how a player can be in such form and then get to match point and so dominant and then just capitulate. Like, it's obviously psychological at that point. At that point, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, I mean, at the actual match point itself, Mukova played a great point, a mm. good serve and hit a winner. And then from there, it just almost looked like the fight had gone from Sabalenka. Like, her body language went a little bit more. You could see it in the right language. I mean, her, she just had head dropped a little bit. And then what happens with Sabalenka is she has plan A. And then if plan A doesn't work, yeah. she flies to play plan A++. And she starts over trying. And yeah. she just made so many mistakes, which, you know, we would have seen in previous years and that's what kind of what took her a few years to get to this stage that she's at now in her career with so much success is that she, she would play and over try and make so many mistakes because her game is so powerful um, but it's disappointing to see that creep in there yesterday Well even on the success so she's never made it to a Paris final she's obviously the Australian Open winner from early in the year so she's kind of been there and kind of done it yeah. but in the Paris sense obviously she's not been able to get over that hurdle when you when Jane asked you there was that uh, mental thing you said yes definitely and then you said but it was a really good point from Akova so where is the actual truth of that because I think that a lot of people will be looking on going is this becoming a thing for her now well sorry what I mean by the, the match point was like there was nothing that Sabalenka mm. could have done as such at that stage but thereafter it looked as okay. though she just imploded mentally yeah. um, and even by her response after the match she, was, she wasn't admitting it to it mm. but I think that we will hear in coming days that, that she will probably put it down to that that something changed in her, in her mindset what did that mean for her going forward like because it's not you know the, it's not that the Australian Open was an outlier in the sense that like she has made semi-finals of other Grand Slam tournaments yeah. But it's not like she either, like she's got this long track record of winning in crunch games and that's a high profile moment where, as you say, maybe the moment itself was not the thing but the stuff that followed was the thing which is nearly even more of a concern mentally for her. Yeah, and that's what's going to sting for her is going to be the fact that she wasn't able to turn it around mm-hmm. having still been, you know, 5-2 up had a match point, 5-3 up serving for it that it was this the snowball then from thereafter like how do you manage that as a player after she's going to be obviously hugely bereft over the next few days and very disappointed um, but you're going to have to I mean, that's where champions are made you're going to have to find the, the, that um, way to turn that around and fuel that now going forward like you said, like she's never made to pass the third round in Roland Garros but this year she has shown some great yeah. form winning two tournaments she won, and, then, and she also won the Australian Open her maiden slam and I think people were expecting bigger things for her she was also playing yesterday for the number one ranking I think if Shivantek hadn't won or there was some kind of yeah. formulation that she was playing for the number one in the world and maybe all these things are, are playing on her mind as well you hope you hope not in those kind of moments but yeah it was it was a shocking 
end to the match. Yeah, and what about from Makova then? She's been around for a while. She's had major injury issues. She was told, was it last year she was told that her she meant not play tennis at that okay. level again and suddenly she's here, she's 26, which is not a spring chicken, I suppose, when it comes to uh, tennis. It's like a fleeting enough kind of career. <laughs> yeah. What are your expectations on, on it from her? Um, well, we've been kind of talking, like she's been, her name has been mentioned in the mix a few years ago, kind of she had a good season in 2019. She made the uh, Australian Open, I think, semi-final mm. and beat some really good players. Like she's she's 5-0 and oh against top three players. Like so she's she's had some great wins in, in her career. But injury, she's been plagued with injury. And, and as you said last year, um, having that almost career-ending injury. But I mean, you know, you just, if she can get, get a run of form this this tournament, you know, who knows what, what she can perform in the grass, or can produce in the grass season and then in the hardcore you'd like to see that it's not just a, a fleeting moment for her um, but coming into the final on Saturday I see Shiontek taking this fairly handily it's hard to make a case against isn't it like and as you say the world number one is sort of tied up she's overwhelming favourite it seems and let to, yet to lose a set um, in France uh, I kind of was thinking about it last night and sort of had the same view as I have about the Champions League final in that like I just kind of um, I, I think everybody expects it to go one direction <laughs> Yeah, it, that, and that's almost disappointing because... It is a little bit. Yeah, you go into the final and you, we kind of know that Svantec mm. is going to win that. I mean, it would have been a, a spicy final between Sabalenka and Svantec because Sabalenka has actually challenged Svantec this year. She's beaten her twice. Mm. So there, it, there's a bit of a rivalry going on there. And as I said, I think they're playing for the number one ranking and, and all that. So it would have been great to see that. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I think it's it's pretty one-sided in Svantec's favour. Interesting to see her beat the Brazilian, uh, first Brazilian to make a Grand Slam Women's semi final since 1968, I read somewhere. So, like, it's good to see different countries who are, that aren't usually represented in Grand Slams represented because clearly the interest spikes in, in countries as a result. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and Brazil isn't exactly, they're no. not necessarily known for their, their tennis, except for Gustavo Curtin. He, mm. he won it, I think, 26 years ago. He won the, the, on the men's side. And since then, they haven't produced any really top, like, mm. top 20 players. Um, and she's a super player. I did admire. We, she had a great season last year at the start of the season and then fell apart in, in the grass. Uh, season as well she won a few tournaments last year on clay um, an st- amazing ball striker I was watching that match there yesterday with Shontek she really challenged Shontek that was the first time she'd been pushed this tournament Shontek by Haddad Meyer she just plays this lefty very powerful mm-hmm. game um, has an amazing attitude like I mean if anyone's watching she's a super player to to uh, aspire to be like on the court she's so positive has great attitude so you just hope again like you know that she can emulate that now going forward yeah. well, Adrian's point there but the the I guess the age of a tennis player, the perfect age for a tennis player. Like what? what like Shvantec's only what twenty two. Mm-hmm. So like, what's the? I know it changes person to person and, and player to player in terms of their body. But what is the general rough prime age for a tennis player? They say that your athletic um, ability, like your best athletic ability, is when you're kind of in your later twenties. Right. Um, Do tennis players tend to get burned out a bit a bit quicker though. Well, that's true, especially when they start. And if you've played from juniors, like underage, so young, all the yeah. way through. But then again, let's look at the, the mm-hmm. men's semi-final today. Alcaraz is 20 and Djokovic 36, yeah, yeah, both yeah, in yeah. their prime. Well, their prime, if, yeah. if you can say that for yeah. Djokovic. But, you know, what is the best? I mean, phys- physiologically, I think it's in your, your kind of your mid to late 20s is mm-hmm. where you've developed and you're... But again, in tennis, it seems to be now that the players are a lot younger. Again, there was a bit of a... It used to be, like when I was playing... When I was a kid, sorry, when I was like, you know, 12, 13, 14, a lot of the younger like Russian players, like 17, 18, they, they were dominating the game then. And then it, then we obviously saw the big three in the men's game. So yeah. we followed them through the years and as they got older. So it was kind of hard to, to make that decision. Is it you know, 19, 20? Is it 30? Um, but we'll see anyway today in, yeah. the, in the men's semis. 
Um, so talk to us about that Djokovic against Alcaraz and it was probably the game that everybody kind of um, wanted to see at some point and Djokovic with the record that he has in Paris the form that we see of Alcaraz the fact that they don't often meet the fact that the number one ranking is on the line like it's just <laughs> set up so well this is yeah this is going to be popcorn tennis like uh, this is the most highly anticipated match of the tournament I think once the draw came out everyone was hoping for a, an mm. Alcaraz Djokovic semi-final it would have been ideal if they were playing in the final but um it's going to be, I think, a really, really exciting match. Uh, both players, he said, gunning for, for different goals. You know, Djokovic, this is his 45th Grand Slam semi-final and it's only Alcaraz's second. Nice, However, yeah. Alcaraz is the in-form player at the moment. Everyone's talking about him. Um, if you look at it on paper, you know, Djokovic, obviously, if you look at it this season, for example, he hasn't had the best um, clay seasons, probably one of his worst clay seasons coming into Roland Garros. He's had a niggling injury. Okay, yes, granted he won the Australian Open and he won the tournament before that. But then we've been talking, it's all talk about Alcaraz this season. Mm. Um, however, then when we look at those stats, like uh, Djokovic's 45th Grand Slam, it's it's only his second. Crazy. It's crazy. And yeah. Djokovic is going for his 23rd Grand Slam and uh, Alcaraz is going for his second. When you look you know? at that, you just think there's no debate, but there is. Yeah, but it's Djokovic. Yeah. You, know, yeah. we just can, you know, we can never count out Djokovic. And I, I think there's a few exterior motives as yeah. well for him, you know. Um, like, for example, he's going for the number one ranking, as we said, but also he's going to try and break Nadal's 22 mm. all-time Grand Slam. They're both on 22. Mm. And what a better way for Djokovic, in his eyes, to do it than to do it in, in Nadal's house. You know, if he was to win against Alcaraz and then win the French Open, he would be knocking Nadal off his mm. 22 perch on his. Not in your eyes, is that what you're saying? Or uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> am I reading too much into that? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I wonder as well, like, uh, Kachanov gave Djokovic a bit of a scare early in the tournament, like, all, nearly going two sets behind. Uh, saying early, Djokovic came through the match ultimately, but sometimes, like, a player like Djokovic nearly needs that in an earlier round to. Get, get the rocket up their ass. Yeah, definitely. And as, as the tournament as the tournament progresses and it gets deeper into the tournament, you know, um, Djokovic starts finding his form mm. more and more, and, and this is where he thrives. Is you know these quarterfinals, semifinals, those big stages. Um, Hakanov, yeah, he, he I think Djokovic started off quite sluggish in that yeah. match. He was a little bit <laughs> lack. He, I just he didn't really seem to have his form. And then once the tiebreaker came, he just absolutely annihilated seven nil. He didn't yeah. make didn't make a single mistake. Um, and again, like that, Djokovic comes alive in these big moments. You know, and we can expect to see that today like he, there's going to be no pushing pushover in Djokovic today and and uh, again in those matches like the, the Hakanov one where he, where he won the tiebreaker you just see like those moments like in, in the previous rounds as well he, he had five tiebreakers he's won all five tiebreakers fairly easily mm. it's just like this man in those moments yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. superhuman so, uh, it sounds like where you're saying that Swantag is going to that that's done. That conversation is over. Mm, what yeah. what uh, what's the makeup of the men's final going to be, and who's going to win it? Well, firstly, looking at the semi-final, uh, it's going. I do feel like the winner of today's semi-final between Alcaraz and Djokovic will ultimately anyway. be the the, the winner. Mm. Um, the other semi-final between Zverev and, and Rude is almost just uh, it's been completely forgotten yeah. about. Um, I think it could be. Uh, I want to say Alcaraz today in five sets. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And I think Zverev will come through on the other side. Yeah. Plenty of emotion for him as well, given what happened to him last year and a bit yeah. of redemption. And Great to see him back, though, a year later. In the circumstances, yeah. 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 All right. Interesting set, uh, sits past talking after the Alcaraz game about how he felt sluggish. He, he'd been taking, I guess it depends on where, where, who's putting the, the nighttime game, the, the late match, but mm. like he was taking sleeping pills and he was taking naps during the day. 
and he said he just wanted to test that to see if it helped him and he said it had the complete opposite <laughs> effect, <laughs> effect yeah. compl- felt completely sluggish but I'd say that's that must be a difficult thing for tennis players get, like depending on where you are in the schedule and, and the time you start you just have to completely do different things with your body clearly the sleeping pills and the naps didn't work no not for him he was blaming the melatonin and yeah. losing that match yeah I mean the scheduling plays a huge part in in France or in Paris in the French Open they don't schedule those matches too late because there's only one night match now mm. so they, um, to avoid that issue because all the other Grand Slams other than Wimbledon play night matches and they have two matches so then if you look back at the Australian Open I don't remember Andy Murray he played that match till half four in the morning yeah. and then had you know was back on, on in the tour- the next day about eight hours later and then was playing the next day like that was him done mm-hmm. he played a, a five set match and, mm-hmm. and you know that, that has a huge impact when they're they're, if they're playing those night matches but then they, they generally schedule them later on two days later to give them the best yeah. chance to recover but it does make a difference absolutely like that's a huge part of it um, and you see that's why Alcaraz and Djokovic are playing first today because the other guys played the, the later match uh, yeah. two days ago Now that's all the less serious stuff out of the way a couple of months ago I got on to our um, series producer if we could call him that Cullen Buhig to uh, say I've been down in Bushy Park and I've seen this new craze and we have to get on it when are you free to come down and have a game of paddle and uh, <laughs> I got on to uh, Bushy Park Tennis Club whatever they're called yeah. and uh, th- that has all gone cold anyway I need to reinvigorate but then I suddenly discovered that your uh, international <laughs> tennis career is uh, sorry racket career is back on track yeah yeah, yeah. So European what's games. happening yes yeah, so I'm heading to the European Games in, uh, in a week and a half how long have you been playing <laughs> a lot of people watching won't have a clue what we're talking about so let's establish is this the same as pickleball or is it no no different so pickleball is like paddleball is almost the or paddle is the equivalent of like pickleball pickleball is huge in the States paddle is massive in Europe although now paddle is the fastest growing sport in the world Um, it's a mixture of, of tennis and squash so it's played in like a glass glass enclosure and you can use the back wall so the ball just has to bounce before it hits the back wall you have to have wall. doubles is that right? yeah it's only doubles yeah, yeah. Um, and it's played with this small, smaller racket with kind of like this big head and uh, the tennis balls are, are the balls are less pressurised than tennis balls so there's a dead or hit off it like yeah. it's yeah, yeah. and uh, it's the same scoring assist as tennis scoring system as tennis other than that there's pretty much no <laughs> is, it, is it harder than tennis? Um, I'm learning that it's not the same as tennis anyway because when I first started playing paddle I was basically just a tennis player on the paddle court and in time I'm realising that's actually not helpful to be really powerful and everything because the ball just hits back off the wall and gives them the advantage. Mm. So um, learning the techniques and stuff has been frustrating okay. because you think I'll just throw another rack in my hand it'll be the same thing um, but it's a really great sport it's really quick like uh, fast paced and it's, and it's very tactical as well so I'm really enjoying um, the learning process Jenny's one of these annoying, annoying people like plays yeah. rugby sevens soccer fucking everything yeah. like regardless of the sport just pick it up and is good at it so the, Euro, just you, the Euros yeah. Euros coming up <laughs> yes the European Games are on in, in Krakow in uh, a week and a half's time so heading over there so Class. really excited yeah that's brilliant uh, so yeah this is my new thing yeah, on a reel. We'll check in before. My, my my third attempt at trying to get to the Olympics now, so different third different sport yeah. trying to get to it's, it's in the Olympics, obviously. Not next year. They're trying to get it in okay. for twenty twenty eight. Um it's definitely Where would that leave you in terms of the conversation oh, we were having earlier about, about the age? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's not go there. <laughs> in your prime, in your prime. Yes, exactly. This is it. Never give up on I'm your dreams. I'm okay with that. <laughs> so uh, now that we're on air I can say that if I get Boog interested again and corral somebody else, you're gonna show us what to do if we go down to Budgie Park somewhere. Yeah. Definitely. I I Absolutely take it. I had to like yeah. start googling, the, YouTubing, like how do you actually play this game? I think Colin will fancy his chances better with paddle maybe than tennis. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, oh, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks, yes, for coming great. In. Thanks, guys. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.